Luke chapter 19. If you can turn there, go on your phone. We are in Luke 19. In verse 28 is where we're starting. Here's what it says. It's all about Jesus. He is coming to Jerusalem. He is riding into the city on a donkey. Who here knows that story? Jesus riding into town on a donkey. He's declaring that he's king. He's declaring he's the Messiah. It's good stuff. So, verse 28. After Jesus had said this, he went on ahead going up to Jerusalem. And as he approached Bethpage of Bethany in the hill called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples saying to them, go to the village ahead of you. And as you enter it, you'll find a colt tied up there, which no one has ever ridden. Untie the donkey and bring it here. And if anyone asks you, why are you untying that donkey? Say, the Lord needs it. Verse 32 those who were sent ahead went and found it, and just as he had told them as they were untying the donkey, its owners asked them, why are you untying that donkey? And they replied, the Lord needs it. So they brought it to Jesus, threw their cloaks on the donkey, and they put Jesus on it, and he went along, and people spread their coats on the road. And when he came near the place where the road goes down the Mount of Olives, the whole crowd of disciples began joyfully to praise God in loud voices for all the miracles they had seen. And they, so it's this huge crowd of people, and they see Jesus riding on the donkey. In verse 38, they all are saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Now some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to Jesus, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. So the scene is basically, Jesus rides into town, this huge crowd gathers, and they see Jesus, like the people, you have to understand, the people have been waiting for their king to show up. And there's been all these rumors, maybe Jesus is the king. We know he does miracles. We know he makes us sweet fish and bread sandwiches from loaves and fishes of little kids. Like we know he heals people, but when is he going to come in? When is he going to take over? Like when is he just going to come in and rule? So this is Jesus' triumphant moment. It's called the triumphant entry. Like you guys know what triumphant is? Like triumphant's like when you win the uh, homecoming football game and everyone's just like, yes, like you did it. Like that's what's happening right now. Jesus is coming into town and everyone's like, yes, it's, it's Jesus, it's Yeshua. Um, that, that was his name. It's like he's here and he's come for us. So people are praising. Like people are straight up worshiping. They're like, it's the king and he comes in the name of God. But the Pharisees, I mean, they're super jealous of Jesus. They don't like the attention he's getting. Um, plus they think it's sacrilegious. They're like, how can this Jesus guy claimed to be the Messiah. Like, he's not the Messiah. Like, he doesn't have the qualifications. Like, who is this guy? So they tell Jesus, Jesus, you need to control your people. Your disciples are being loud and they're calling you the king. You're not the king. Like, stop this madness is what they're saying. And I love what Jesus says. This is kind of the key verse for tonight. Verse 40, Jesus says, I tell you, if they keep quiet, even the rocks will cry out. It's such a rad verse. I love that. And, and like, you know what Jesus, he's not just being sarcastic. Like, he really means it. He's like, this moment is so important to the history of humankind. Like, this is what we've been waiting for, is the Messiah to show up. And so he's here. So at this moment, if the people aren't going to, like, you could, you could put tape on the mouths of all the people, and the rocks would start crying out. Like, imagine if, like, Scotty got up to play worship, and, like, no one was singing. And then all of a sudden, like, these bricks are on the fire. Like, mouths popped up. And they were like, ah, like, singing. We are like, this is really weird. Um, that's what Jesus says would happen. And I think he's defining for us in that moment how important worship really is. And that's kind of the focus of what I want to talk to you guys about tonight. I want to read you guys another verse. This is First Chronicles 16, 24. It says, declare his glory among the nations and his wonder among all the peoples. Tonight we're going to talk a little bit about worship. 
Part of worship is to declare God's glory, and we're declaring it in a couple different ways. Like, we're basically saying God is great. We're saying it to him, and we're saying it to others around us, and we're saying it to ourselves. So we're saying, God, you're great. And then we're telling ourselves, like, man, God is great. And then we're sitting around in a circle, and we're like, hey, guess what? God is great. That's one of the things I love about doing home fellowship with you guys. When we sit around the circle, and it's not just me teaching, but it's like us just being like, hey, God is great, right? Let's talk about how great God is. And everyone just goes around, and it's like, man, God did this in my life. I love this about God. God is so wonderful. That's worship. Worship is more than singing songs, and it's more than prayer and silence. It's actually the sound of our life. It's like, what does our life sound like? A life that loves God is a life that has the sound of worship. It's the response of our heart to God's love and grace. In John 14, 15, Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commands. And in Mark 12, he says, the greatest commandment is to love your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. And the second is this love your neighbor as yourself. So God's saying, what does worship look like? Worship looks like love. So if you love God, keep loving. That's, that's really encouraging to me. It's like, man, if I love God, what do I do? I love God. What do I do about it? What do I do? And like throughout scripture, God says, if you love me, then love. Like, love me. Do things that show that you love me. Talk to me. Spend time with me. Do you love me? Then love people. Like, it's all about love for God. It's not like, if you love God, you got to go climb a mountain. When I was in New Zealand, I climbed these gnarly hills. It was amazing because... There were these huge, green, like just amazing mountainous hills, and I put my Lord of the Rings soundtrack in. And I was walking through the hills, and I was like, do 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 like the Hobbit music. And I was just like, I was nerding out, like full on. Um, I will answer all questions about that later, but it was just, it was fantastic. Let me just tell you. Uh, I was waiting for the dwarves to show up. And, um, and, and, but it's like, God wasn't like, hey, Aaron, if you want to really get close to me, you got to climb that mountain so you can talk clear to me. Like, it's just about loving. It's, that's so encouraging to me that know that, that God's like, requirement of us is that we love. He wants us to love others. That's the command. That's the highest form of declaring his glory and his wonder among the nations, whether it's New Zealand or Africa or Haiti or wherever. The highest form of declaring God's glory and, and worship is by loving and for all people to love. Like love, it's our declaration. It's our declaration. Um, you guys all like music. I love music. I love all different kinds of music. Music helps us express the feelings of emotion and love. And when you really love somebody, like, I don't know if you guys have ever been in love, but uh, it's pretty fantastic. Um, and I'm pretty sure all you guys have. Like, I, was, I felt like I was in love, like, way back in kindergarten. Like, straight up. There was this girl uh, on the playground, and I thought I was getting married back in kindergarten. Like, I love this girl. I didn't really. I didn't know what love was back then. She moved away to Mexico, so forget her. Um, but anyway, um, when you love somebody, you express it. And one of the ways a lot of people express it is through writing these love songs. And th those of you guys who have, like, favorite musicians, how many of you guys have, like, a favorite musician and one of your favorite songs of theirs is a love song? Show of hands, anybody? Yeah? Yeah. So it's, like, a really good love song has a way of... It's, it's like expressing those deep yearnings within the soul towards someone else. It's just like, oh, my soul yearns for you. I don't know. If you said that to a girl, dudes, I don't know what they'd say. Um, it's like, what's yearning? It's a weird word. Um, it sounds like going to the bathroom. Oh. <laughs> um, we also worship with our lives. And together, our song, the song of our heart, 
and our hands declare the love of God throughout the world. So whatever's in your heart, like that's the song that God is trying to sing through you. He's trying, like God's a musician. Like God is an artist. Like you can't look at creation and not realize like, man, like look at all the beauty around us. Like God is a creator. He's an artist. He is fantastic. And I kind of think that like when I think of kindness, I think of it as like this melody that everyone can sing along to. Have you guys ever had like someone start singing a song and you don't know it, but it's so catchy and it's so awesome that you just want to start singing it? That's what I kind of think of as kindness. When you see people being kind to other people, it's like this melody where it's like you see God's heart reflected in people's kindness. And it's like, man, I just want to love other people. I think it's awesome. There's this guy named Frederick Buchner who rides, he writes, not rides, he's not like, on a horse. Um, he writes, to worship God means to serve him. Basically, there's two ways to do it. One way is to do things for him that he needs to have done, like run errands for him, carry messages for him, fight on his side, feed his sheep, and so on. The other way is to do things for him that you need to do for him because you love him out of your own heart, like sing songs for him, create beautiful art for him, give things up for him. Tell him what's on your mind and on your heart and in general rejoice in him and make a fool of yourself for him the way lovers have always made fools of themselves for the one that they love. And I mean, I've seen, I've been doing, this is, this is actually, this is my 11th year in youth ministry. Some of you guys are like, what? Like it hasn't been that long. Um, I, I was a counselor before I was a pastor. So I've known you guys, like some of you guys since you were in children's ministry. And some of you boys, I've seen you guys make complete fools of yourself for some of the girls. Um, uh, maybe not in this group. Hey, hey, come on. Maybe not in this group, but just, that's what guys do. Like, I made a complete fool of myself so many times for the girls I had crushes on in school. Like, just so many times. I said so many stupid things. I remember there was this girl I liked, and we were at Knott's Berry Farm. And I was walking with her, and I, like, we were in, like, third grade. And so I'm trying to be, like, the cool third grader. I'm trying to be like, hey, how's it going? Hi, I'm Aaron. How are you? I don't know. I have no idea how I tried to be cool in third grade. I don't remember what that was like. But basically, I was at Knott's Berry Farm, and I knocked into this bucket, like this. Of berries? Uh, no, not a bucket of berries. Um, it was a bucket of bees, actually. It was like this giant trash barrel. You guys know when it's hot in the summer, and like the bees are just swarming? I bumped into this trash can, and the bees flew out. And I screamed like a baby fell on the ground, started crying, and the girl's mom had to take her and me home early from the fun field trip because I was so scared of bees. So didn't work out, but it's okay. Because long story short, all, like, I never dated anyone but Brooklyn, and I'm so thankful. God spared me. He made me a total loser in high school and junior high and elementary school to spare me from uh, not dating somebody who was as cool as Brooklyn because she's the best. Anyway, I think... It's clear that we make a fool of ourselves for people that we love and people we're attracted to. Like, we go out and we do stupid things. We write stupid love songs. We do these grand gestures, you know, where we're, uh, I don't know, writing her name in gasoline and lighting it on fire on a lawn or, you know. I don't know. That's what people do. I'm just trying to think of, like, romantic things people have done. And it just got me, thi- it got me thinking in that idea, like, man, I want to have that heart for God. I want to have the kind of heart for God where I'm just, like, going for it, like just trying to show him that I love him, not trying to earn his love, like understanding I have it 100%. So I'm not doing these grand gestures to try to earn his love, but I'm just doing it because I love Jesus and because I want to bless him. Like 
It's like when you sign up to go on a missions trip, like not because you're like, this missions trip is going to earn me salvation and I've sinned a lot this last year and this is going to atone for my sin. It's like, no, Jesus already did that. But when you sign up and you, you use some of your own money and you go on that trip to like just love on some orphans or just bless some people, it's like God's just heart is like, wow, that's so awesome. Um, when you sit down and you write a song or some poetry and you do it like not because you're like, oh, people are going to be so impressed by this, but it's just like, you know what? The only person who ever sees this is God. Like, that's awesome. When you are like, you know what? I've got time right now. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take like half an hour. I'm just going to give it to Jesus. I'm just going to be like, Jesus, whatever you want, I'm going to read. I'm going to pray whatever you want to tell my heart. And God's just like, he's so fired up and excited by our love for him. I think it's just, it's fantastic. Um, our relationship with God is one that can bear the full brunt of life. Like, our relation, like God, he can carry everything. Everything we struggle with, everything we go through, God can carry that. And God is there throughout everything you guys go through. When things are dark, when things are hopeless, he's there. He's there in the, the darkness, and he's also there in the light. Like, when you guys are struggling and having a hard time, when your family is going through a really tough, difficult time, God's there right with you. And when you're having fun, when, when you're with your friends at the beach, like having a good time, God's there with you too. I used to think when I was your guys' age that like God was only like at youth group and like at church. And if I was out having fun, that like, God wasn't happy with me because he was like, you should be praying and reading your Bible. What are you doing out like at the beach in the water or the sinner? It's like, no, God is so, he's so pleased just to be with you. And it's, it's taken me a long time to figure out that like when I'm out like walking through the hills of New Zealand, just having the time of my life, God just wants me to acknowledge that he's there with me and just be like, you're here, God, like you're with me. I'm so blessed by your presence. I, I love you. He's near, he's there in everything. He's, he's near to the brokenhearted and he dances with the joyful. He gets strength to the weak and he gives wisdom to everybody. And to worship God is to engage in that relationship. It's to accept and receive his love and then live in love with him in our day-to-day lives in the practical and the unknowable. Worship connects us to the wonder of God and it opens our eyes to the divine And it answers that deep yearning in the soul. There's no right way, words, form, or place to worship. There's just time for it. You guys catch that? Let me read that again. There's no right way, words, form, or place to worship. There's just time for it. Don't let the pursuit of theology, security, of being right, of having all your I's dotted and your T's crossed, steal away your ability to be filled with awe and wonder. Allow yourself to be surprised by grace when you stare into the heart of God. So open up your life and worship like there is nothing better to do because clearly there isn't. A lot of the stuff I was um, teaching, I got that from just a simple devotional. I was just like reading through it when I was in New Zealand. I was like highlighting stuff. And I was like, man, I want to share this. And just some stuff in my heart about it is, I, in, in, earlier when I was reading through it, it was saying that our role as worshipers, because we were created to worship, is to declare God's glory And it said, we declare God to him. We tell God, God, you're so great. Then we tell ourselves, like, man, God is so great. And we internalize it. And then we tell other people, for me, if I'm honest, I get that mixed up. I do it backwards. I'm like, I'm the youth pastor. So I've got to tell other people about how great God is. And I get together with you guys. And I'm like, I've got to prepare a message. And there's been some weeks where, like, seriously, I'm spending all this time preparing a message. And I haven't really been spending any time with God. And that's, that's, I mean, from my opinion, I mean, as much as that's a struggle for me, it's not right. And I understand that. And I just want to challenge you guys because you might be in the same boat as me. I think there might be some of you guys here. It's the end of the school year and you are just so absorbed with schoolwork. 
You're just so just like, oh. And, and, and then it's like when you're done with school, all you want to do is you're like, I just got to veg. I got to watch my TV shows. I got to check out my Instagram. I got to like figure out what's going on on Facebook or you guys don't use. I got, I got to snap some chats or I don't know what you guys do anymore. Um, you know, I'm old now. I'm officially out of date. Um, but so many times we can just like come to places like this and then it's like, okay, now we talk about God. And the first step we don't get it backwards. The first step is we declare God's glory to him. God just wants to be with you guys. He just wants you to be with him and just worship him. And guys, it might sound weird, like, man, like, that's what we're supposed to do, to get together and worship God, just be with him and worship him. It's like, man, is God self-centered? No, because listen, you were created to worship. That's your primary function. So when you're not worshiping, you're like a bird that's not flying. Like a bird likes to fly. It enjoys to fly. But when you worship, you're fulfilling what you were created to do, and nothing will give you more joy on this earth than really, truly worshiping God with your whole heart. Nothing else fulfills you in the same way that actually worshiping God does. And once you declare God's glory to him and you say, God, you're so great, and then you spend your time telling yourself, like, man, I just need to encourage myself about how great God is, then he'll use you to connect with other people. That's got to be the progression. It's got to be we declare God's glory to him, to ourselves, and to others. I love just that thought of, like, what is the sound of my life? Like, if you were to take my life and press play on it, what would it sound like? Would it be like, me, 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 like, it's all about me. I think a lot, of, like, in our, in our selfie society, like, that's kind of, like, you press play in our lives, and our focus is very much on me on you, on I, iPhone, right? Like, it's, it's about us. And I just, that's just, that's a challenge to me. Like, how can I make the sound of my life about God? Where if someone were to just take my life, take a soundscape of my life and press play on it, what would it sound like? Would, would my life be worship? One of my favorite musicians of all time, Keith Green, wrote this song called Make My Life a Prayer to You. I just want to tell you guys the lyrics really quick. It goes, make my life a prayer to you. I want to do what you want me to. No empty words and no more lies, more, no token prayers, no co- compromise. Let me say that again because I, I suddenly developed a speech impediment. Uh, make my life a prayer to you. I want to do what you ask me to. No broken prayers and no white lies, no token prayers, no compromise. I still messed it up. But anyway, the point is uh, what Keith was saying is like my whole life should be worship. It should be prayer. It shouldn't just be like token prayers. Token prayers are like, Lord, Please bless this meal and thank you for this day. Dear Jesus, thank you for this day and I hope I have a good day. Bless all my friends, amen. And it's just like praying because you're supposed to. God wants a love relationship with you where you're talking with him. So that's my challenge to myself and my challenge to you is what's the sound of your life? If someone pressed play on it, would they hear worship? If someone looked at how you're living your life, would they be like, man, that person worships in what they do. And if it's not there, if you're like, oh, dang it, that's not me. If you, press my, if you press play on me, it would just be me, 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 me. Like, don't feel condemned. Just pray. Like, that's what this is all about. Talk to God tonight and just be like, God, I'm focusing on myself. Help me to focus on you. The sound of my life, let it be worship. I think one of the hardest things to teach um, just students that I've seen is to develop genuine love for God. Not just playing church. Because that can really be the focus on a lot of youth groups. It's just like, Let's come to church, and let's be churchy, because it's church time. Put on your church shirt. Everyone bring your camp shirt from last year, and we're going to be Christians, and we're just going to act Christian-y. And 
what I'm looking for is like, guys, let's love God. Like, let's, in everything we do, let's love God. Another, one of the things that I'm praying through is God help me to love people more. Oh, man, I sinned so bad this morning. I have to confess to you guys, straight up. I took Brooklyn to the airport. If you guys know me well, you know I'm actually a pretty patient person. I've had junior hires, like, literally, like, almost destroy my office several times. And, like, you, some of you guys were there. You remember. And, uh, you know, did I yell? Did I freak out? Like, no. Like, I didn't. Um, but this morning, I took Brooklyn to the airport. And um, we were walking, and I had my bags, and I had her bags. And she got ahead of me because she's a fast little walker. And I was, she was, like, on a mission. She's just, like, walking. And I'm, like, got these bags, so I'm kind of lagging behind. And this, like, this super just, like, middle-aged, like, typical, just, you know, this, this, this couple got in front of me. I was so tired. I was so annoyed at everything. So I was trying to catch up with Brooklyn, so I walked, I started to walk past this couple. And I have to, like, do the whole thing. This is the expression that the guy had on his face. When I walked past, he looked at me and he went... Like, kind of like, what are you doing? It was just the most annoying face. And I wanted to, like, rip his face off and, like, slap it on an airplane and let it fly away. And so my response, normally my response would have just been like, oh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to cut you. I looked at him and I was like, I'm trying to catch up with my wife. And I was like, sorry if I offended you. And he was like, he was like, you didn't offend me. I just, I was like, yeah. And I, like, walked away. And, like, immediately I was just like, oh, my gosh. Like, what a horrible example. Like, Lord, help me love people better. Like, in that moment, I just realized, like, what, like, the depths of my own evil. And that's what I'm praying through right now is, like, God, help me love people more. Because sometimes I put other things before people. And maybe you're struggling with that tonight. Maybe you're very focused on your life and yourself and what you want to accomplish and what you want to do with your free time and how you want to relax and how you want your life to be enjoyable. And maybe there's people in your home who need your help. Maybe there's people in your home who need you to lend a hand. Maybe there's people around you who need love. Pray through that tonight. God, how can I love other people? I love the idea that love is our declaration. Like when you make a declaration of something, you like walk in and you're like, I declare this. Like the Declaration of Independence was America going, hey, Britain, we're independent. We declare it. Ha ha. Let's throw some tea in the water, you know. Does anyone remember that story? Boston Tea Party. I love the idea that love is our declaration. I want to share something with you guys. There's two kind of ways to worship, and they're both good. So it's not like one or the other. So just listen to this. One is servant worship. Servant worship. That's the whole Martha thing. You guys know the story of Martha and Mary? Like Martha always gets a bad rap. Um, but Martha actually was modeling something that Jesus himself modeled, which was servant worship. She was serving others. Servant worship is helping others. It's preaching the gospel. It's like, I'm going to care about people so much, I'm going to give the gospel to them. It's speaking words in others' lives. So many of you guys, seriously, like you have no idea the ability you have to make someone's day if you just would like listen to the Holy Spirit when he says, hey, see that girl over there? Like, she's really struggling. Just go up and, like, just give her a verse. Just give her one verse. Like, just go put your arm on her shoulder and just, like, tell her you care and just let her talk to you and then just tell her whatever God puts on your heart. That's something that's really scary for us to do, but I just want to encourage you guys. God is calling you guys to speak into each other's lives. And you might think, I'm not a speaker. I'm not a speaker. Neither did Moses, and God did amazing things with him. I just want to challenge you guys. 
don't just be a receiver. Don't just be like waiting for a counselor or a friend or a pastor to come speak to you. You get fired up. You get filled up with God's word. And then you go speak out to other people and let God use you in that way. God calls us to feed his sheep. So I went to this town in New Zealand. What's up, bye? How you doing, buddy? Dude, I'm going to talk directly to you for a second. Byron, I went to this town in New Zealand called Manly. It was the town of Manly. And I was thinking of the dudes in the high school group because I was like, man, they are going to love that this town is called Manly. I was cruising around Manly Town, and the names of the stores were amazing. It was Manly Health Food, Manly Frozen Yogurt. They threw the name Manly into the title of everything. The... They had a store where it was like beach clothes for babies, and the name of the store was Manly Beach Babes, which I thought was fantastic. Um, Their city council was called the Council of Manly. Um, It was amazing. In in the town of Manly, I I met a pastor named Brad, Pastor Brad Hall. He's a missionary that we sent out. And I mean, this guy's just such a servant. He's amazing. Like, He's been, in New Z- he's been in Australia for five years. He knows God wants him to start a church one day. It hasn't happened, but he hasn't given up. He, just, he goes everywhere he can, and he serves. He's in public schools. He's helping college kids. He's like a chaplain at different things. Um, he is at an Anglican church, which is like way different than Calvary, but he's just there serving and helping because it's, just, it's a church, and he just wants to reach people with Jesus. I just thought that was so cool to see somebody who has that heart to worship. The other part of worship is love worship. There's servant worship, doing things for God, not to earn his favor, but because we can and because he allows us to. And the other thing is just love worship. It's just singing songs. Like when when Scott pulls out the guitar, it's like singing songs and not worrying like, how do I sound? Do you guys ever do that? You're like, are people listening to my voice? Like, do I sound okay? I do that all the time. I'm like, I hope hope I sound okay. I hope no one's listening to my voice. I I hope I'm on key. It's like God doesn't care and we shouldn't care about one another. There's this dude at Bible college when I went, he would stand in the front row and put his hands up and he would sing so loud and so off key. And I was so immature and I was like, that, that guy's weird. Uh, but what God did in my heart was like, that guy's amazing because he doesn't care. He's just worshiping because he loves God purely and simply. Guys, love worship, it's singing songs to God. It's creating art. If any of you guys have any artistic flair, not everyone does, you know, but if any of you guys have any artistic stuff, just, just do it and do it for the glory of God. Like, that's amazing to know you can paint a picture and you can do it under the glory of God and be like, God, are you pleased by this? And he's like, yes, you're using the gifts I've given you. Some of you guys are athletic. Like, go out of the field and do stuff for the glory of God. And who cares if you lose or win? Some of you guys are like, how could you say that? Everyone hated me on the, on the teams at school because I was the guy who was like, it's not about winning or losing, it's about having fun. Everyone was like, shut up, Aaron, you can die. Um, so I didn't stay on the teams that long. But, um, but the point is, Don't base your worth on whether you win or lose. Don't base your worth on whether or not you get A's or B's or C's or D's or F's this semester. Base your worth on what Jesus thinks of you and do everything unto his glory. Everything. You can wash a dish as worship to God. And he's like stoked. But so many times we're like, oh, I have to do this because mom told me I can't play my PlayStation 4 until I wash this dish. And God's like, just do it for me. Just even if your mom told you to do it, you can do it for him and unto his glory. Okay, I'm going to just close with two things, okay? Two things. Track with me. Two things. One, I'm convinced my worship needs more joy. I'm just going to be honest. It's very easy for me in worship just to just, especially as the youth pastor, to be kind of like worried about like, what's going on? 
like, are the lights okay on, on a Sunday morning, you know, during worship? It's easy for me to be like, man, are the lights okay? Are the, is the soundboard going good? Is everything the way, like, perfect it's supposed to be? And it's very easy for me just to focus on the external. And I feel like God is calling me personally to just return to the heart of worship, where it's just like, man, I need to praise God because he is worthy. I need to light that fire. Like, th- I need to throw more logs on the fire of the worship in my heart. Because here's what can happen. I, you guys know Rhett and Link? Yeah. yeah? I was listening to their podcast, and they were talking about these scientists who would do these crazy experiments on corpses. They would get dead bodies, and they would hook them up to electricity, and they would jolt these people with electricity, and the people would start, like, flailing around these dead bodies, and they would be like, look, like, it was like that Frankenstein thing where they throw the switch, and it's like, look, he's alive! And it's like, well, no, he's not actually alive. He's, he's, dead, on, he's dead on the inside. He's just stimulated. And I think a lot of times, that's what can happen. I can come to a worship service, but I'm not, I'm singing, but I'm just, I'm really a corpse that's allowing itself to be electrified for a moment, but I'm not really living. And I just want to encourage you guys. Like, I'm, I don't mean that in the sense of like, oh, you're not really alive in God. You're dead in sin. Like, you guys who are saved, like, you, you know what I mean. But it's very easy for me to just walk into a church service and I've got the cares of the world in my head. I'm wondering how long is this going to go on? Like, I hope this guy's funny. Like, this worship is off key. Like, uh. And God's just like, just like, like, allow yourself to live. Allow your heart to become alive with worship. Don't be that corpse that's just being electrified. Actually allow God to, like, move in you. How many of you guys, no, not show of hands, but just think about this. How many of you guys, before church services, like when you go to a church service, or when you open up your Bible to read it for your devotions, how many of you guys are like, God, move in me. Holy Spirit, fall down on me. We sing that song, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. Come flood this place and fill the atmosphere. That needs to be our constant prayer. Because guys, I can listen to a Bible study and I can get nothing out of it because my heart is not in the right place. And I understand that for you guys, it's the same way. We need to live in a constant state of just coming before God and saying, God, do something in me where I'm open to what you want to do. I think, um, I'll share one last thing. So, <laughs> um, and then we'll, we'll close with a couple of songs. Um, so when I was in Australia, I, uh, <laughs> I went for a walk down in the beaches of Sydney. It was great. And uh, it's great down there. Like, if, if you were to, if I were to punch you in the face and you blacked out and you woke up in Sydney, Australia, you, were, you would think you were in some town of Southern California that you'd never been to. It's basically, when I went to Australia, I thought it was just going to be like, oh, yeah, mate, the outback, crikey, kangaroos and scorpions. Like, that's what I thought. It's like beach towns. Like, it's like all beach towns down there. It's crazy. It's like, it's like downtown Oceanside, Carlsbad, Encinitas. It's, it's crazy weird. So I'm down there, and I go down to this beach. It's a great beach. They actually have a pool carved into the beach where it's like salt water that goes in and fills up the pool. It's crazy. So it's like people are like swimming laps in this pool that's like built into the rocks of the beach. It was really cool. So I'm down there, and... I go over to, like, the cliffs, and I'm just like, man, this is beautiful, like, such scenery. It's like, oh, the water's amazing, the birds are fantastic, and I'm, I'm at the edge of the rocks, and 
I'm looking at the shore, and I'm looking at the rocks, and I'm looking at the waves, and the waves are coming up, and they're breaking so that the water's, like, barely getting, like, where your feet would be, basically. Like, barely, just barely, like, little splashes, little sprinkles of water, right? So I go down there, and I'm staring at it for five minutes. I'm just, like, enjoying the scenery, and the water's just coming up to where, like, my feet is, basically. So I'm like, it's safe. So I walk to the edge, and I'm standing on the edge, and the water just keeps coming up to my feet. I'm like, this feels so nice. Like, I love the water. It's so fantastic. And I start taking pictures of it. Like, I bust out my phone, and I start taking pictures of it. I'm just like, this is so rad. I love the water. And I turn, and I look, and there's some seagulls flying. I'm taking pictures of the seagulls. This wave just comes up out of nowhere, and it slams. It's going like 100 miles an hour, and it (laughs) slams against the rocks, so fast that the water, like literally, I had my head turned. I look, and I'm like, oh, no. The water came up and above my head and came down so hard that it hit me in the back. Like, completely soaked the front of me, hit me in the back, and I am just drenched. Like, my phone is soaking wet. My digital camera is soaking wet. My iPod is soaking wet. I, like, run over to the rocks and I'm like, what do I do? This is crazy. And I put my phone down. I put my iPod down. I put my camera down. I start taking the batteries and the SIM cards out of everything. And then I'm like, oh, like I'm so wet. Like I need to dry off. Because I had to walk like five miles home uh, to our place where we were staying. So I was like, okay. So I took off my shirt and my hat and my shoes. So I had nothing on but like my skinny jeans. And, you know, I'm not the skinniest guy in the skinny jeans. So I'm like, I hope no one's looking at me because this is really embarrassing. It's like one thing to be at the beach like if you're wearing swim trunks, but if you're like a weirdo, like a really white, like never sees the sun dude, and you're wearing skinny jeans and you're running around without a shirt on. Like it just looks weird. So I'm down there and I'm, I'm like hiding and I'm like, I've got to hide. So I lay down on my back and I'm staring up at the sky. I'm like, why God would you do this to me? I'm here serving you. Why do you hate me? And I'm getting sand just all over me, and I'm just like so sandy and uncomfortable. And then I look up, and there's an Asian man laughing at me. Um, he was like, it's just like, oh. um, it was awesome. And then this like woman starts coming towards me, like with her like little like Australian kids to like go check out the coves. And I'm just like, oh great, she's gonna come around the corner. There's gonna be this weird dude in skinny jeans with no other clothes on, just like running around. I was like, I've got to put my clothes back on. So I grab my shirt, I'm putting it on. It's so sandy. I'm just like chafing and like gross. I'm just like, ah. This is terrible. And anyway, yeah, it was, it was horrible. It was a horrible experience. And this is like what it kind of reminded me of is like <laughs> what, what edge are you standing on? You know, like for a lot of us, it's the edge of sin. It's like the edge of temptation. And you're like, man, that sin looks really tempting. Look at it. It's so cute. It's only coming up to my feet. The sin is awesome. It's so cute. It won't harm me. And you go over to the edge, and you're like, it's just a little sin. There's nothing wrong with it. And then before you know it, it hits you so hard that it's just like your whole life is covered in it. And it's like you're just ruined. And you're running around like a crazy person like I was, and you're trying to, like, hide your sin and, like, just hope that no one comes around the corner to see you, and you're chafing, and it's gross. And, you know, and, like, that's what happens when we're on the edge of sin. When we're, when we're selfish and we're just on the edge of ourself. Like, that's, that's what becomes of us. But it reminded me of, like, you know what I would enjoy that experience is being on the edge of the Lord. Like just standing and just being like, God, hit me, hit me with your wave. Like just your love, your grace, your mercy, because that, that kind of glory, like that's what I'm looking for. Like I want that to come just up above me, surround me, and just hit down and just be amazing. Like 
that's the kind of, like, that's the refreshing wave of water. Like, that, that's amazing. And guys, listen, if you're here and you're listening to this message and you're like, man, I want to worship God. I just, I want to have this passionate worship. I want to just, just, just give my whole life to God and just worship with my whole heart. But you're like, I can't do it because I'm not as spiritual as other people. And I'll never be able to read the Bible like her. And I'll never be able to preach the word like him. And I'll never be able to strum and sing worship like that guy. And I'll just, I'll never be a spiritual, so I'm just not going to bother. I just want to challenge you guys. Just, just go to the edge of Jesus tonight and just be like, God, I'm here at the edge. I'm open, whatever you want to do. And just let him fill you with his spirit. It doesn't take you like going like, okay, I'm going to dive off the cliff into the rocks. Oh, it's scary. Like God's like, listen, just, just go to the edge with a willing heart and just let God wash over you. We're made to worship. If we don't, the rocks will cry out. And that's what it's all about, guys. So I hope that encouraged somebody. I hope that spoke to your hearts. I hope that was a word from the Lord. But um, I think it'd just be great if we could just sing some songs of worship. And then uh, after that, we'll just use what time we have left to go and girls can talk about it and guys can talk about it. So let's pray. Dear Lord, we love you. We're so thankful for you. We're so thankful for your word. Thank you, God, for just the truth we find in the Bible, Lord, that you're worthy of worship, that you're worthy of praise, that you're so amazing and glorious and wonderful. God, you deserve to be worshipped. You need to be worshipped. We need to worship you. It's our most primary function. God, help us, Lord, to not let anything hold us back. If there's anyone here who's held back by their own sin, if there's anyone here who's held back by their own doubt, if there's anyone here who's held back just by not feeling it, just by straight up struggling with apathy and not caring, God, bring them to the edge of themselves and bring them to the edge of you. And let, let the water of your spirit wash away ourselves and fill us with you, Jesus. We want to give this time to you right now. And we want to worship. In Jesus' name, amen.